I've just finished editing a podcast which is already far too long, so putting extra content in it is probably a bit of a stretch. However, I do think that this is important. Some of you may have listened to the podcast we did on racism in football following the incident with Rico Katongo. If you haven't done it, I'd implore you to listen to it. I think it's worthwhile. I think there should always be a conversation there. Post that, I was contacted by someone who had spoken to someone senior at the club. So not directly from a club source, but from someone who I trust and who'd given me the the, the club's um, thoughts on what the, the events were. And the outline was basically that the incident at Firhill uh, was not a case of Rico Kitongo having heard something directly. Parent of another player within the squad had heard something at a conversational level, presumably behind them or around them within the stand, where a racist term was used. It was Rico Katongo was apparently called a black bee, and, and you know what that stands for. When later, and that was then passed on to, to Rico, so I think indirectly through the player and then possibly also through a, another player, he learned that, that about that incident and was understandably upset. The chain events then unfolds that Rico asked for the, the incident to be looked into, the club runs the investigation and the the original witness, when asked if they could identify the person, effectively said no, they couldn't. And actually, to go further than that, they weren't even sure whether the voice which they'd heard was male or female. And I think that that's appeared as a story on Pie and Bovril, um, but so have many other stories. And I think if that's if that's the correct chain of events, it is important to get it out there. I subsequently spoke to someone who, again, not directly, but know someone within Rico's camp uh, and had been getting updates through the incident. I, I put that to them as, is that an accurate chain of uh, of events? Uh, and the person said, yes, that, that was consistent with what they had heard. Um, they did say that probably one of the key points was um, where Rico wasn't in the squad, um, that was effectively gardening leave while the club looked into it and, and they had they had the impression, again, not anything said directly by the player, but that that hadn't gone down particularly well with, with Rico, who would rather have kept playing. I don't want to open this up or stir anything up or cause trouble. I just think that chain of events is important and should be noted. Uh, I have sympathy for everyone involved here if... Um, the the parent of a player has heard that and it's been conversational around them and they've not been able to identify someone but that's what they genuinely believe they heard then I don't have any issue with them reporting that preferably they could have done it to a steward at the time but they could also have ignored it so I think it's far better if, if you do see racism you call it out unfortunately you could not expect the club or the police to do anything other than ask for other witnesses which has happened and no one's come forward so what are you supposed to do about it? I do have sympathy for Rico Katongo, of course. If you heard something like that, even through the chain of events which I've just outlined, of course you're going to be massively upset and you would look for something to be done. And it would be frustrating then when what's come to you from a good source, that that person's then not able to identify the person. Uh, where does that leave you? You've got the impression that you've been racially abused, but there's nothing can be done about it. That must be quite hard. I have sympathy for the club. They did try to investigate. If no witnesses come forward, uh, what can you do? I, I suspect it's been through the hands of the police as well. Unless you can prove something beyond reasonable doubt, there aren't going to be any cases brought forward. So it's all just a sorry chain of events. Have things been done wrong? 
Yeah, probably. Did Rico's initial tweet suggest that he had heard it directly? Possibly you could read it in that way. Could you understand that he might have been angry at the time when he put that out there uh, and not read through a draft a hundred times to look through how it could be interpreted? Yep, of course you could. Similarly with the club statement, could it be interpreted as uh, as hanging the player out a bit by saying we feel vindicated by the process which we've been through? Yes, you could. But again, I think it's very difficult for them to to handle. Myself, I, I was very quick to uh, come to assumption that that Rico would have heard something uh, and that, that an Airdrie fan may well have said it. Is that my own prejudices judging our own fans? Yeah, probably is. Um, I think there's, there are no one's going to be perfect all the time. You can see where that's gone wrong. What I find most disappointing in the, the whole thing is just how quick a lot of fans were on social media or wherever just to call out the player. And effectively, there were a lot of people calling him a liar, which... When you hear what's happened, I don't think that's the correct interpretation of it at all. And you would question how anybody could have been so uh, vitriolic in their their comments towards someone who's our player, who's from an ethnic minority. Surely, in all of this, it should just have been an arm round him, making sure that he was okay, seeing if an investigation could be successful, and if it's not, then making sure that he he felt supported throughout it. And the most fault, I think, sits with with us, the fans. Uh, If there's any accusation that's not been done, um, we could do with having a a look at ourselves. Uh, I hope that everybody can put the event behind them. Rico's return to the team. I think he's looked good in the, the couple of games that he's played. I think he's a great addition coming back into the team because he gives us more coverage in an area where we're lacking. Uh, and I hope that he can uh, feel the support of the vast majority of fans. And I hope we, we make clear uh, that we're all delighted to have him back. Dum, 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 Welcome to the OTL Podcast. I am delighted to be joined for a third time on the OTL Podcast by television's Craig G. Telfer. Hi, Craig. How are you? I'm brilliant, Colin. Thank you very much for asking me on to the show. Uh, I am looking forward to talk all things Stenhouse Fear and Energy because it is the biggest game in the nation on Saturday. No doubt about it. Scottish Cup third round, baby. Best in the business. I think that there's definitely a magic of the cup, especially at our, our level. Um, let's talk about So you've been on twice before as I mentioned uh, the three times either means you get to keep us which <laughs> anybody would want or you're certainly a friend of the show now um, but the first time we spoke to you you were doing your own podcast and the mm-hmm. Terrace podcast shortly followed by the TV uh, and I, I, I love the show what we're on oh, now because I, I, you can't, can't give you too many runs the first time you run so what is it we're talking season four season four Season four, the first block of 10 episodes. So you've caught me calling. I'm, I'm not long in the door from filming episode nine of the of the run. I so that's it. Uh, out of 20 episodes, nine out of 20 from season four. So it's still going quite uh, strongish, I suppose. We're still we're still being broadcast. So I suppose that's something to be grateful for in the, the grand scheme of things. And they've changed it up a bit. So just a, a bigger panel this year and some new faces. It's, it's all really calling about sustainability. It's the, 
the, the, the show can be very intensive when you're trying to balance a full-time job with uh, you're like going on the television and uh, certainly in other people's cases like uh, wives, girlfriends and so on. It can be a bit tricky to, to manage it all. So they, they came to the, the solution that to uh, get Robert Borthwick more involved, get Graham Fulis, who's of course a member of the Terrace, and uh, uh, an outsider, somebody who's not involved in the podcast, Ray Bradshaw, sort of reasonably well-known comedian, uh, to, to come in and make, uh, not just doing that, but changing the people involved behind the scenes as well, like changing the producer and the director. The key word sustainability. It's just making sure that we can keep on doing the show without anyone feeling burned out or resentful or, you know, just to try and keep it as fresh as possible on a week-by-week -week basis. And I think largely it's, it's worked quite well. I think it's good having the, the new voices and different perspectives in and it's just watching the episodes back. So I think it's, I think it's been good. I think it's been, been a good season. Some good guests, some good laughs. And I think that's, uh, in this economy, that's all you can really ask for. No, it's great to see guys who are passionate about football. All levels of the pyramids, the, even the, the, the piece you did on uh, Gallus uh, stand, I had no idea that was there. I'm now desperate to go. Uh, so that, And Sam Wardrop made an appearance last week and it was great to hear. Uh, just that we lost him as a player, but to hear yes. the whole story behind uh, why he changed his mind and what he wanted to do in life was, was really interesting as well. So, uh, yeah, more power to you. Keep, keep it going. Thank over you. The, over the summer, you popped up on my TV and uh, not as good a TV show, in, in my opinion, but with some really big names. So you were down with... Well, Peter Crouch's live show after uh, one of the Scotland Euro games with Harry Redknapp, uh, the lovely Maya Yama's co-presenter. Uh, how did that come about? And was that, was that a good trip? Oh, it was, you know, something in terms of like being professional broadcasting and stuff. That was like the highlight of like, I mean, like the, the show, it's, it's, it's the, the show itself, the, the yearly Euro show. It's, it's fairly, it's fairly madcap, except perhaps not to everyone's tastes. But the, the experience of just being down there and seeing the show being put together and being involved in the production was amazing. I got a phone call at half past nine from Andy Mass, who's a producer from A View from the Terrace. It was the day Scotland were playing England. I was going to go and be watch, go to my dad's to watch the game, have a couple of laggers and get a pizza with my dad and watch the game. And he phoned Andy and said, producers from the show have been in touch. They want you to go down. Can you go down to, to London today? So it was, just, it was quick as that. Phone my boss at work. And he was like, get going. It's too big a thing. Just, just you get going. We'll wor you worry about your work there. Uh, so so uh, went down, taxied out to the studios, which was just in the shadow of, of Wembley. And it was, it was just a tremendous experience. Everyone, every single person involved with that was so nice and so friendly and so welcoming and so pleasant. And for me, it was like, wow. I mean, the size of the production compared to like a view from the terrace was about five times as big, just in terms of the, the setup, the number of people behind the scenes, the number of people in front of camera as well. And, and to see it and, and to, to be a part of it was incredible. You, you don't appreciate like live television, how much goes into it. I mean, they're writing the script to, all the way up to the to, to the end of it. Uh, to, sorry, before it started. And I great, great experience. And, and, and I, I don't wish to name drop, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to do it anyway. Like Peter Crouch is as nice a guy as you can imagine. He's just very, very self-effacing, self-deprecating, very warm and friendly. Didn't get the chance to speak to Maya Jama much, um, but she's, uh, she's very, very pleasant as well. And a uh, highlight probably was when we were watching the game, Harry Redknapp turned to me when Kevin Nisbet got subbed on. And he's like, what's he like then? 
So I gave a wee potted history of uh, of, of of Kevin Nisbet and so on. Great experience, and then train picked. Uh, got the train for half past ten. So I was in London uh, less than twenty four hours. Now it really was a, a flying visit. Were you back at work the next day as well? It was a Saturday, so I was back in work on the Monday. Because right. when you're sitting down to your teams meetings, then you just you just been hanging out with one of the most attractive women in the, the country in my pajama. To go back to a teams meeting, it's uh, aye, you really <laughs> hit the ground with a bump there. Well, hopefully you'll get back on for the Qatar coverage when uh, we're looking at Scotland. Yeah, and and on that, I mean, it's a nice time to be a football fan for us because at times the seasons can be a drag. But both Airdrie and Stenhouse Muir have been on good form recently. So tell us yeah. a bit about the Warriors season. It's been calling. It's been a mixed bag. I'd say it's the the first part of the season was very difficult. Very challenging, uh, frustrating, bewildering at times. And the latter part, certainly up until the weekend's defeat at Kelty, which we'll come on and talk about because that ties in. We're looking forward to the game against the Diamonds. has been really good. You were playing some good football, winning. We won five games in the bounds. And it saw us shift away from Cowden Beef at the bottom of the table. And now we are one of the sides that are are challenging for a, a top four place. But the, the, the beginning of the season was difficult. We, a new manager came in. Dave Irons left the club in April and was replaced by Stephen Swift, who is at BSC Glasgow, now Broomhill. And he was quite highly rated at BSC. I think he'd done quite a, relatively speaking, a good job there. I don't think BSC Glasgow, in, in the Lowland League terms, are a, I've got a lot of money behind them, but they were always still able to be quite competitive. And uh, play, good ideas. I think he's a, a, a scholar of the game. I'm saying that in inverted commas. Uh, and he was invited to apply for the job. But when when Irons moved on and he, he got it, I think the, the team by that point, you know, when the division separated into two, Stenhousebeer failed to get into the top five and the team really packed it in and, and down tools. And I think every single person at the club was looking forward to the, the season finishing up. But uh, Swift signed uh, a lot of a lot of players that he'd worked with previously. He signed six players directly from BSC Glasgow. Another four who he'd worked with, uh, also BSC Glasgow, who he signed from elsewhere, and effectively put together a brand new side. And it took a long time for the team to gel. I think there were weeks going by where the team and the system was changing on a game by game basis. Uh, we were doing our best players weren't being used. And it got to the stage where you're, you're wondering, is this guy really know what he's doing? There, there was a game we, we lost to Stranraer 2-0, uh, which was fairly embarrassing, given that we'd won the week previously. And, and, and the manager had to take a lot of the, the, the blame for that. And at that point, you're thinking, I'm really not sure what he, he knows what he's doing. Since then, however, he's gone with a team. He's largely stuck with the same 11 players, largely stuck with the same formation. And it's it's worked. It's worked. The team are the team are playing uh, certainly up until the weekend, playing reasonably well and winning. And we're we're seeing some good performances, and we're kind of seeing how I think a lot of people expected it to be. This is what Stephen Swift's teams expected to be like. So hope we can uh, get back into form and, and just concentrate and cementing a, a top four position. I know that's quite a long winded answer to explain what's going on, but it's a real Jekyll and Hyde uh, season so far. But has the mood around it? So you also on a match day do the announcements and stuff. So has the mood around the place lifted with that that, that winning run? Because it was looking like a bit of a bleak season and towards the bottom of League Two is a place you definitely don't want to be. Uh, totally. But to, to win five on the bounce, it must must be a buzz about the place. Oh, d- d- definitely. I think that, that there was a game against Elgin City where we lost 2-1. 
Elgin had two chances and scored with them both. And I think the feeling at that point was really despondent. And there's there's little frustrations that be, that if you're winning games, people can can overlook them. But when you're not losing games, little things build up. It's almost like it's they become part of this dossier of anger that you've got against the the, the manager and his team. Things like after a game, for instance, not coming into the wee bar at Oakview to meet the fans and just say all right to them. Like Colin McMenamin, for instance, we played Annan a couple of weeks ago. Colin McMenamin came in, who's not even associated with the club anymore. And you think to yourself, it'd just be good for him to come in and sort of like just get to know the hardcore. Things like that. And it was despondent. But going into that Kelty match, it was at the stage where a lot of people were thinking, well, we might not beat them, but we'll certainly give them a good game. And it's, it's, it's a good feeling. You know, you'll, you'll know this yourself, Colin. It's like you want to you want to have a club you can be proud of. You want to like the players in the park. You want to get behind the manager. You want to look forward to your games on a Saturday. And that wasn't the case earlier in the season. And now it's like, yeah, I, 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 like I'm, I was pumped to go to Kelty. I was really looking forward to the drive um, into, into Fife. And that certainly wouldn't have been the case. Earlier in the season, had we been playing like that, there was no chance we would have gone. We are probably going to end up getting skelped about 5 or 6-0 off them. Kelty is in a way, day, so it's a, it's a new one. I mean, I, I'd, I'd written from a sending notes. You were both lost to Neo clubs, which is just me trying to get a dig in it. Uh, Cove and Kelty have been both quite well funded. Don't have the, the great history of our clubs, but I mean, <laughs> they've they, both done very well. Um, Kelty are flying as a lot of people expected yeah. them to. Um, as an away day, was it was it a good one? And what did you make of them? Well, as an away day, Colin, I'm perhaps not the best person to ask about that because I drove down for the game so and I pretty much parked the car and went into the stadium and was in there for about half an hour or so, just getting a feel for the place. So I, I, to go down like in the supporters bus and go for a couple of cans or something, I, I didn't do that. New Central Park itself, I think, uh, for, for a team of Kelty's size and ambition, very, very nice. Nice artificial pitch. Two grandstands, uh, sort of small covered terracing mm. that run the opposite end of the goals. Oh, oh, sorry, um, opposite side of the pitch. And nice sort of like terracing where you can stand behind one of the goals. Perhaps one of the criticisms is it's grass, it's grassy banks. And I think that in winter, they'll become very slippy and, and not nice to be around. I think they might need to put a bit more concrete or paving down to make it as uh, enough room for people as possible. I'm sure that's part of Kelty's plan, though they're, they're certainly well-funded and, and they've got the, they're in a position where they can do that. So I New Central Park's nice. And as a, as a team on the park, they, they really kept Stenhouse Muir at arm's length. Stenny went into that game. I thought we could give them a good go, but when I saw the team lines and saw that a number of players were missing with, uh, with COVID, which might be the case coming into our game on, on Saturday, I thought we'll be lucky to keep the scoreline respectable. And we gave it a good, we started each half quite well, gave it a good go, but I like they scored seven minutes into the first half and then five minutes into the second half. And they've got guys like in that team, like Michael Tidzer, Joe Cardinal, Callum Higginbotham, guys who probably could even be playing in the championship. Tidzer ran the game in the middle of the park. It felt as though any time he got on the ball, there was like a little force field around him that no one could get to. And we just didn't get a foot in and just very straightforward for him to, 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 to run the match and pick passes. Uh, aye, they've got a boy up front, Alfredo Aguiman. Weirdly, one of the, they signed him from BSC Glasgow. One of the actual guys I would have liked to have seen us <laughs> sign from BSC Glasgow. He goes to, he goes to Kelty instead. He's uh, definitely got something about him. He's a wee bit raw, but he's powerful, physical, he's enthusiastic. He can work the channels. He's really good at just like taking, he can make like bad balls. He can turn them into something just through sheer endeavour. 
and doing stuff like that, he can carry the team like 20 yards up the park. And he really gave uh, Sean Crichton and Nicky Jameson something to think about in that game. So fancy Kelty to win the division. I think everyone thought that when they'd come up. That 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 they're a low, they were a lowland league club, but they certainly weren't a lowland league team. I think the team that they've got now could easily hang uh, one step above as we're seeing really at the moment, given how how well they're trampling over everyone else in League Two. Uh, you mentioned uh, Sean Crichton there, so a familiar name to, to Airdrie fans, our captain for a number of years and really popular at the club. Um, the Falkirk directors got a lot of stick the other week when they did the Q&A, uh, but there is that thing about, one of the things that worries me about Saturday's match is just how many ex-Airdrie players that you've got. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Sean Crichton, Nat Weatherburn, Adam Brown and Ewan O'Reilly, um, all of those... Well, Weatherburn kind of split the fans a bit, but uh, Adam Brown, I thought he was doing really well at Alloa, so I was surprised to see that you'd, you'd signed him. Uh, and Ewan O'Reilly was part of Airdrie's great run towards the end of last season, got over his injury problems and really looked a player. And so I think we were all quite surprised when he decided to leave. Um, but I know that you've said he, he kind of wanted the promise of first-team football, yeah. which we were able to offer. And, and Ian Murray had kind of said to him, you, 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 you'll play a bit, but don't mm-hmm. expect to play every week. So um, what do you make of that, that selection? Have they, have they all settled in well? Are they stronger players within your squad? Yeah, definitely. Three of the... I've, I've really liked what I've seen from three of the four players. If I could say the one that I'm, I'm sort of on the fence about, that's Sean Crichton. I... I when we signed him, I'm always suspicious about players dropping down a level. So I'm thinking, if you captained a side to second place and got to the playoff finals with them last year, why on earth are you dropping down to a team that, that were crap last year? What's, what's the thinking behind it? And I, I, I think that Crichton, I've always said this about Crichton, Sean Crichton is the most person. If I was to draw a footballer, you'd draw Sean Crichton, somebody who's good-looking boy, tall, broad-shouldered, like commanding, aggressive, quite assertive, like the way he carries himself with his chest sticking out. I think that he's, he's got a bit of presence about him. And I, I like the way I've, I, I was doing some stuff for the club at the start of the season and interviewed him and really liked the way that he, he came across and liked the way that he talked. And I think he's a very popular player within the, the change room. I, I do think, though, he's, I think he's always got a bit of a clanger in him. That's, I don't know what you guys thought of him at Airdrie, but there are times... Like where I think Nicky Jameson, who we signed on loan from Allah, I think Nicky Jameson bails him out a lot at the time, if I can be honest with you. Against Kelty, like Jameson kept Aguiman, kept tabs on him, whereas Crichton, any time Crichton had to go wide to cover with him, Crichton looked really, really shaky. And as, as you, he's, not, he's not as assured as I was expecting or hoping for, given where he'd come from and what he'd achieved in the previous season with you. I mean, it's a strange one with, with Crichton. He's won promotion from League One three times and then been jettisoned by Brecon, Livingston and Morton uh, and then almost won promotion with us last year. I'd yeah. say he's, probably, he's getting on a bit. I think his legs are maybe starting to go. I don't think he's the best ball player, no. uh, which which then dictates your style of play. We, we play the ball much more across the back now than we did last season. I yeah. think that's the nose. Reese McCabe's in there rather than Sean Crichton. There's a big difference. Right, okay, okay. See, I know, you, I know who I'd much rather have with a foot in the ball if yeah. I had to pick between the two. And what we're trying to do, which I did against Kelty, is the centre-back splitting and the full-backs pushing high up the pitch. 
And for the best world in the world, you've got Sean Crichton and Nicky Jameson, and it really doesn't get much more meat and potatoes than, than, than that. But, but the other guys that you mentioned there, uh, Nat Wedderburn had a slow start to his time at the club. He actually was dropped for, for, I think, maybe a game, maybe two games after a couple of poor performances. But now everyone really, really likes him at the club. He's, he's slow as fuck, right? That's the biggest way I'll say that. He's, slow, he's so slow. And you need like a, see if we could put someone next to him, Tieran Miller, for instance. Yeah. That's the sort of guy I would want next to him. Someone that just does all the running, smash into players and can give him the ball. But he's got a big backside. He's got those big, long legs and he can stretch across players. Very rarely loses the ball because of his size and presence. And when he gets the time and the space to open up his left peg, some of the balls that he can play into channels, he's got a really, really understated range of passing. And he's, he's better than I was expecting, but we really do need to get someone in there around him. Adam Brown actually only played seven times for Aloha last season. Um, so, But he, I like the way he plays. Again, with his chest puffed out, he's always got his head on his shoulders, always looking for, for, for a pass. And I do think that he can be quite adventurous in that final third. But I'm saving the best to last. And that's uh, Ewan O'Reilly, who had a slow start to his time at Stenny, had uh, problems with injury, problems with the coronavirus. It took him a wee bit of time to get over. But since then, he has been absolutely flying, flying to the point where I think at the moment, he's the most exciting player I've seen at the club since we had Paul McMullen on loan from, from Celtic in 2015. It's at the stage now, Colin, where anytime he gets in the ball, you think something's going to happen here. Like folk are just folk just want him to, to be in the ball because he'll either take a man on and beat him, uh, put a cross in, or just draw players out of position. Like you're, you're seeing uh, him being doubled up on, and that's leaving the fullback and wide players to come out and and, and take some of the space that 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 they, they've sucked them in from. So I really really good player, and uh, I I think that as you said, the only reason he's not playing one level above is just that he just wants to play football. He's certainly in current form, should be playing one level above. He's far too good for, for, for a team uh, like us. But I think it's just a case of just enjoy him while he's here for the moment. Because uh, if he keeps playing like this, he won't be around for, for, for much longer. And he seems, for all accounts, he's a really nice lad. Yeah. Uh, if he keeps himself fit and healthy, I think he can go really far. Yeah, um, 100%. Great, right. We last spoke before we played in the League Cup last season and you called, you'd made a bold call on uh, Twitter without seeing him that Thomas Robert was going to be a jobber. He was going to be back home in four months. About exactly this time last year, you were presented with a Thomas Robert t-shirt on the yes. TV show. Uh, it was everybody, oh, let's all laugh at Craig, he got that one wrong. And yet, a few months on, uh, Thomas Robert was nowhere to be seen in the entry lineup. He's now gone to the second tier in Belgium. And from what I can see on their website, because I checked today, he's, he's not getting a game. Really? Uh, so uh, I just, I've got to give you credit. You got the flack when he was playing well. You, you called it right. Uh, that's, that's, I just had the feeling that, that as you know, someone just a feeling where that if, if he was being linked a lot. And I think there was some agency talk, where, his agent talking, where he was linked to Hearts, Hibs, Rangers, Celtic. And I'm thinking, that can't be right. You can't be playing. For, for, for Airdrie, as, as, as decent as Airdrie were last season, you can't be playing for Airdrie and getting linked to these clubs. Something's not quite right there. And there's a suspicion that this glamorous, handsome boy pitching up in Airdrie, like, what's going on here? What's going on here? And I just thought that he was going to be a bit of a dumpling. And I think that by all accounts, and, and I'd, I'd be interested to hear your thoughts on this, there's definitely a player in there, but it's just uh, you don't see it often enough. And to the point when he, if he's don't, you don't see it often enough, he's not trying or it gives the impression that he's not trying, he's not influencing 
are getting involved in games to the point where it's something as a fan you get really frustrated by. It's a weird one. So there were stories of he wasn't getting a, a game at Lille because of who his dad was. Uh, and then I mean, we, the Airtree fans liked him. You know, it's like you get a foreign player and that's quite exciting in and of itself. Technically very, very good. Had an amazing November, scored yeah. three or four screamers. But I think basically Ian Murray's teams will not have a passenger. His work rate wasn't there mm-hmm. and therefore he, he did kind of get jettisoned. Um, and... I mean, if you're not getting a game for Airdrie, then you would you would question what the future holds. So, uh, yeah, it's a strange one. Whether it's what... One guy I wanted to ask you about, Colin, what happened to, to Griffin Sabatini? Because I remember seeing him in pre-season and thinking he looked quite handy. Then then looking at uh, Airdrie's lineups, and he was he was just yeah. in the bench or, or coming off as a subby. So he was really good in the, the game against yourselves in the League Cup and had right. made a better... He, he made look like the uh, choice player at the start of the season. But again, uh, I think... Ian Murray just didn't didn't rate him, uh, and uh, I mean, Adrian went on a, a winning run. By the time Kel Turner and Paul Payton come in, they were they were a class above him. He, yeah, he was a young guy he had a mistake in him, so uh, yeah, he just ran out of road quite quickly. Mm-hmm. I don't know where he's ended up. He'd, he's uh, Swiss from. Let me get this right. Zambia originally, no, sorry, Zimbabwe originally. Apparently, right. his mum had beef with Robert Mugabe, so they'd uh, uh, watch what they were doing there. It went schooled in Switzerland, so I think there's a bit of bit of money there. Uh, then had gone out to the US to play um, some college football. Then had gone to Ukraine because one of his friends from this posh school owned the his dad owned a club in Ukraine uh, so he was playing there and then rocks up in Airdrie so an absolute bonker CV yes that's 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 absolutely absurd that's like something like a Jane Austen novel <laughs> like, like talking about his his journey there but no I think that now, I'm, I'm pleased to see uh, Airdrie doing well I think there's a, a lot to like about uh, the, the the current the current crop the times I'm, I'll be, I've only really a chance to watch the highlights but I think that when you're watching Airdrie play, you're, you're you're always going to be guaranteed a degree of excitement there. They, they seem like a, a good laugh and having seen Callum Gallagher, you know, I mean, the thing that's perhaps the most fun thing, you're kind of watching these, you can uh, how's Callum Gallagher going to miss this one? Yeah, the, his uh, clearance off the line the other week was, uh, Astonishing. was quite, quite incredible. We did that last year and then scored that's an right. absolute beautiful front post running header. So, uh, yeah, uh, I think <laughs> he's kind of... I think the Airdrie fans really like him. His work rate is terrific. But I think what might separate Airdrie this year and what we're starting to be concerned about is we don't have somebody of the calibre of Goodwillie or Meganson and that makes a huge difference if you've got guaranteed goals um, but but as you say we, we had, we're really enjoying football Dylan Easton who came from Celtic yeah. don't understand how he was playing low league foot, lowland league football because he's I can George. give you I can give you a lot of money is why Dylan <laughs> uh, was, was playing there but I when you see some of him I think there was a, some of the goals that he's been scoring who was it he scored a goal against was it, it was Dumbarton. It was in that daft game against Dumbarton as goal, and that was absolutely this world. Yeah, uh, and he's like he beat he shimmied past two Clyde defenders in the game against them to set one up. Uh, he, he's just uh, same as you know Riley that he gets the ball and you're kind of waiting to get off your seat. Uh, it just uh, excites the crowd. Yeah. Um, and also Kerr McEnroy, who's on loan from Celtic's, been a joy to watch. Mm. Uh, you've got Reese McCabe as well, albeit he's having to fill in at centre half just now. So. Um, 
we've moaned about the midfield for years and years, and suddenly we've got a, a, a crop of talented players yeah. there. Right, the big one. What do you reckon Saturday? Uh, when the cup draw first came out, I was thinking, oh, that's probably quite a good draw. But your run of form causes me a bit of concern, and we've not got a great record against you. So, uh, are you feeling confident? No, not really, not really. And and the reason for that is, as I, I, I touched it earlier, it says we've got a number of players missing at the moment. Uh, big Nats out with COVID. He he was supposed to play against Kelty and, and, and was missing. And and for for I think I'd say majority of Stennis Muir fans. When you saw the lineup and you saw Nat Weatherburn wasn't he there, you're thinking, right, we're really going to struggle to try and get a grip in the middle of the park. I think well, even with Weatherburn in there against like Satidza, against like Connor Barron, guys who are really fast and nippy and can, can move the ball around, it would be a big task. But without him being there, it was it was going to be a, a trouble. Um, I think where Mikey Miller might be missing, he came in from Air United uh, on loan. He, was, he signed a central midfielder but he has been played at uh, right back. I think it's actually his natural position is, is at right back. And he might be missing. Ross Forbes might be missing. And uh, if, if we if we, these players are missing, then we're really going for the best world. There's a lot of the guys that play for BSE Glasgow that are the, the, the jersey fillers. The guys who, guys, I've not seen enough of these guys. There's six of them signed. Only one of them I think is quite good enough to play in the SPFL. The rest... No, I, I I don't think so. These guys are going to come in and make up the squad. So I'll, I'll be honest, the way I'm feeling at the moment is I would rather, I'm pleased this game's come up. It's a bit of a free hit for us in terms of, I don't think there's a great expectation for us to progress from this. So I think it's just get the game out of the way, keep it respectable, give AJ a good game, see what happens. But the biggest game for us is the next week against Trinrar in, in the league. So I, I, I hate... I hate the sound of myself saying that because I love the Scottish going. It's a great tournament. But just with the moment that we're really short on numbers, and I think for us it's just a case of let's just get through this game and get to the more important stuff in the league. Chris Sutton, uh, he threw Stenhouse Muir's name in at the weekend. I think just because, like, Cowden Beath or some of the Scottish team names it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it, it sounds good. Uh, and, and your social media game is very good, I think. Uh, and they gave him a great response. Uh, and then the person who's replaced you as the celebrity Stenhouse Muir fan, Isaiah Whitlock Jr., just steamed in as well. So, two things. What, what, what did you make of, of that? Does that annoy you when somebody just goes insert name of club as in as designated Diddy Club, uh, and and does anybody know what this Isaiah Whitlock Junior thing is all about? I, I'm assuming I I thought originally it was some boy who had control of his Twitter account who was a Steny fan who had gone off on one, but it doesn't seem to be. I I will talk about Isaiah Whitlock Junior first. No one has a clue. No <laughs> no one knows. He he tweeted. I think it was a game against somebody had put up. I think you're, you're going back to about a year ago or so. Yeah. Somebody had put a clip up of a Dunfermline game. It was a Dunfermline game that was on, on the BBC Scotland channel. And he tweeted, the caption was something like, I must be the only person in uh, in the United States watching Dunfermline play. And Isaiah Whitlock Jr., I don't think he even followed the guy, quote tweeted him saying, um, like, oh, let me know when Stenhouse Muir are playing. She <laughs> And so people were getting in touch, like saying What's going on here? How's how does he know about Stenhouse Muir? And no one knows. The club obviously reached out to him and said, like, listen, you're more than welcome to to to, to come down to the game. We'll give you hospitality. And as people got in touch and said, we're going to send over two bobbleheads. We'll send one over for the club. 
and when someone over for me, I, I don't know how he how he knows me or or how he knows my association with the with the club. But he sent over to me, and it's now in the view from the terrace trophy cabinet. We've got a trophy cabinet in the back of the studio, so the wee bobbleheads in there. So 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 no one knows. I think the club are 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 the club are. Seem to be trying to play up to it a wee bit now and trying to get a bit more attention uh, from. And I always think less is more. You don't want yeah. to keep bamming up your celebrity fans. So less, less is more. Um, but but no one knows. So I, I think I'd have, you just sort of, I'd actually prefer it that way that, that no one knows. It's just one of those bizarre uh, interactions that that, that that he's had. But it's, it's good to, that, that, that he's promoting the club to a whole bunch of fans, which which is great. But as for Chris Sutton, it didn't really bother me, Colin. It's, it's, I think that you're absolutely right. He, I don't think he knows a single thing about Stenhouse Weir. It could have been Stenhouse Weir, it could have been Cowden Beef, it could have been it could have been anyone. You know, it's just a, a name that he picked out. Uh, and I actually don't think that anyone was was sought as a big as Stenhouse Weir. I think you'd have to be uh, like really looking for, for, for yeah. looking looking to be offended by that. Uh, but the club is basically used it as an opportunity, which was which was quite good to to show off the 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 good stuff that they do, and that's one of the best things about Stenhouse. We might not always get it right on the pitch, but we might not. We never get it right on the pitch, <laughs> but we you can be proud of all the good stuff that you do off it in terms of the the work in the community. I think that for clubs, for clubs our size, and I'd probably include Airdrie in this, but for clubs our size, I don't think it's just about being a football club. Because you're too you're too small and you've got to involve the community. If you become an integral part of the community and do loads of great work out, just not you're not just where people turn up every fortnight to see a game. If you can be more, then that's surely a good thing for the team, for the community, and, and for everyone else. Yeah, no, the forum will come and go, uh, and you'll have bad seasons and bad games. But if you can have like a warm glow about what your club is doing and making a difference in the community. Yes. Stenhouse Muir are brilliant at and better than Airdrie. In fact, um, I think it's very important. I thought that yeah. was just a, a brilliant response. I mean, you've got to have a sense of humour about it as well. Uh, as much as it's annoying, we're in that bracket now, albeit we used to be good when I was a, a young boy. And you just, it, might, it might change, it might not, but are you going to get that upset about it? So it's probably more important things in life. Yeah, I de- definitely. Like I say, Chris, I don't think Chris Hutton could point to, to Stenhouse Muir on the map, and that's that's. Uh, I'm not going to lose any sleep over it. Yeah. I think that's the best way thing to say. Right, well, we started with the TV program. I just want to give a shout out then to the lower league podcast that you do through the original Terrace, which is kind of taking you back to where you you started with with Telmy's Pelly, you and Mister yeah. McGuigan. Uh, so th- Thursdays you concentrate on a, a game from each of the lower leagues. Uh, how, that seems to be a, a new, a relatively new thing this year. You used to pop up every so often with a lower league podcast. Why are you doing it more regularly? And how on earth have you got time to do that as well? Ridiculous, man. I, I, it's like Fowler gets in touch. Craig Fowler is the, the guy who runs the terrace, gets in touch and says, what's everyone's availability like? And I always kind of wait and see what Sean's doing. And if Sean says he's available on a Thursday, I say, ah, you know what, I'll go and let's, let's, go, and, let's go and hang out on a, on a Thursday and get up and, and, and have a catch up. It's uh, it's difficult to try and put it fit it all in, and I'm surprised actually that I've been able to to do as many as I have. Like Thursdays, your only real like night off, as it were, from 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 the stuff you've got to do for the TV show. And so I always think you should use it to relax. But you know, something actually is quite good in a way because it allows you to to go and research other teams and watch other teams' highlights that you might not normally do, and just keep your hand in 
about all the other 30 clubs, the other 29 clubs, not just about Stenhouse Muir, whoever Stenhouse Muir have got that weekend, but just trying to find out more. And, and Sean and I get on really well with each other. So it's like just chatting with your pal about stuff that you're you're interested in, except you're recording it and, and, and letting other folk hear it. So, aye, it's good fun, but uh, it won't be on this week. I'm going to a uh, book reading, believe it or not, tomorrow night um, in uh, Mount Florida. So I won't be able to, to take part. But Sean and Andy Harrow, uh, both Wraith Rovers fans are catching up and they're doing the same format going through the division so I'm sure it'll be uh, just as good no I'm actually I think it'll probably be better for, for my absence they are they're both uh, they're both great guys and, and they'll put on a good show but less less tips on soft furnishings though so depends what you like <laughs> Craig that's I've taken up far too much of your time on a filming day so thank you very much for coming on uh, good luck to your team for, for Saturday may the best team win you don't win. mean that you don't oh, mean that I'm damn to kind of like you I'm, we'll focus on the league uh, <laughs> I know I hope it's a good game so it's in house a team we've got a soft spot for and it is a brilliant away day and I hope you to take good numbers through uh, if we if we get through it's purely because I want a big financial yeah of course in the next round which would which would help but uh, we're not going to win the Scottish Cup so uh, or, or even get too many rounds further so uh, yeah I, I just hope that it's a, a good game and I'm, I'm yeah. genuinely uh, wish you some luck <laughs> nice one thank you very much Colin thanks for speaking to me tonight right welcome to the hotel podcast we've had a section with Craig G Telfer uh, TV personality and Stenhouse Muir fan but now it's time for the real business so I've got two titans of the Airdrie supporting world uh, coming back for a second appearance welcome to the podcast David Roxborough David how are you? I'm doing well Colin I'm enjoying the, the fun ride that has been an Airdrie supporter right now it's a hell of a lot better than it's been in recent seasons that's for sure and also joining us, uh, Alan Porteous. Alan, I don't run out of superlatives for you. We've had a, a, a stalwart. I think that's what we need. Our, our ever, ever present, ever green, Alan Porteous. How are you? Boring and cynical. Would that be too? Not, not this season. Not this season. No, no. I'm still, I'm still COVID free. I'm starting to feel like I'm missing out now. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. I, and again, enjoying the the game to game. What are we going to do next? Type of a type of a thing. So it's, it's it's nothing if not interesting at the moment. Well, you're COVID free. I hear that Stenhouse Muir aren't COVID free, and they've got a couple of cases within their squad, including Big Nat. Uh, so Big Nat Weatherburn won't be playing. Is wasn't playing against Kelty, and is unlikely to make an appearance this Saturday. So that might be a good omen. But obviously, we wish anyone there uh, a quick recovery. Um, hey, what, what, let's jump into what, what do you make of it? The last time we recorded was just before the Aloha game. Bit of a sickener to lose that, but the results that day weren't too bad. Back-to-back Wednesday and got us to the summit of the league. Uh, it was very exciting. Probably the most buzz there's been about a game for a, a very long time. Uh, and then a slight disappointment losing to, to Cove 2-0 with the two late goals. Um, loses second place in the table. What do you make of it, David? Are you, are you having? A, are you excited? I am. I'm nervous, though. Right. I think that there is still more to come from this squad, but I am nervous about what our um, changes are going to be. How we're going to react. I think Saturday should go okay. We should have more than enough in the locker to go and take care of Steny. Hopefully, not jinxing us, but. I'm, I'm itching to get back to the league. I almost wish there was another league game because I think off the back of defeat, the first thing you want to do is go out and, and right that wrong, so to speak. The manner in which we lost was disappointing the other day. You know, we're at home. Everybody was saying, you know what, oh God, I, 
a draw would be okay, but actually no, we need a win. So a, a two 0 loss is is just not what we wanted at all. The manner in which we lost both goals was unfortunate. But what bit us in the bum again, I think, was missed chances. That's something that I think, albeit yes, we've got to the top of the league and that's great. But I think we could all probably recall different games where there have been missed chances or games could have been put to bed a lot sooner than they were. So I think that's what it could come down to this season as a team being more clinical than another. I felt we sat too deep at times against Cove. We didn't go enough when the ball was going up the park. Uh, our front line was just a bit too disconnected. And I wanted another league game this weekend for us to go out and correct that. But we'll have to wait another couple of weeks and um, hopefully the nice side distraction of the cup will get a wee win in that before we get back to business. Well, so let's, you're talking about missed chances. Callum Gallagher caused a bit of debate on the Facebook page. So somebody put, cut a post up saying, does anybody here think he's not, well, I can't remember, something along the lines of, does anybody else think he's not good enough? And then everybody jumped on that. Uh, he scored uh, scored a brilliant goal up at East Fife, like a real, uh, didn't, until you saw John Stevens footage from behind the goals and it pinging off the post right in the top corner, didn't realise how good a finish it was. Um, but then, and everybody was kind of jumping back on that post going, ah, what are you saying now? And then it all went quiet and after the Cove game, a lot of people were asking the same question. So, what do you think, Alan? You've you've mentioned before his work rate's incredible. Um, is he a good enough striker if we want to win the league? It's 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 a difficult one, I think, at the moment because he's he's, he's contributing more in other areas that he's not there to do. In many ways, you know, he's he's. You know, he missed a bad chance again on Saturday, so I think that brings the argument back again. Is he is he is he quite sharp enough? Um, I've said before, I think he's a little bit of a you know, a bit Lyndon Dykesy in terms of you need to be you need to be giving him decent low balls, and he'll get in between defenders and and toe poke them into the net that that type of thing. And if that kind of service isn't there. It's you know he's maybe not the best option. Um, what I tend to th- I, 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 I like him and I, and, I, and I think he'll play his way back into you know a bit of form just by the just by the way he's he's, he's going about his business. Um, I, I kind of feel that what we miss at the moment is somebody with just a wee bit more physical presence. I was looking I was looking at the game on Saturday and I thought. You know, the one thing that stood out for me was that, that, that Cove looked a bit bigger and stronger than us across the pitch. You know, we, we, they didn't let us play a passing game and we kind of struggled a wee bit on, on, that, on, on that basis. Um, I'd agree. I'd agree with that, Alan. I, I, think I, I felt the exact same thing. I looked at them and I thought they just seemed to be out-muscling us a little bit. Aye, aye. Now, again, as you, as you said, you know, we scored the goal. It's a completely different game and they push forward a wee bit and we can then potentially hit them in the break. But, but, but that ultimately doesn't happen. And w- when you're then trying to go for some kind of plan B moving forward, um, I quite like the idea of having somebody that's a bit a bit, a bit taller. I'm not, I'm not advocating that you go long ball route one all the time, but you know we were talking earlier on in, in our wee WhatsApp group about who you would potentially like to sign for Airdrie. And 
I'd love to see somebody like Russell McLean from Peterhead in, in, a, in a squad because the guy's just so tall and is a handful and you just think that, uh, you know, kind of looking at a game when, when we're playing against a well-organised defence like Cove, like Queen's Park, uh, that that we look a wee bit manageable. You know, if, if, they get their act, if they get their act together and they understand how to play it, we, we look quite manageable. Um, and uh, and certainly, you know, I, I do not see Gal, you know, appearing as a, an absolute handful. You know, that that's, I think he's been quite robust and I think he's hung on to the ball well, but he's not that type of player. So, if you know, that I'm not saying that Gallagher doesn't, you know, start games or... Uh, or, or what have you, but the, the whole cross-section of our, of our forward line looks quite manageable at times. And we need something a little bit different. I was even having an argument with somebody the other uh, during the week, and this will sound ridiculous, and maybe we could just cut this out, but uh, I, I, somebody like Connor Salmon, even, you know, and he's not the greatest... No. He's Absolutely not the greatest, not. He's not the greatest player in the world. I cannot let you continue with this. No. Absolutely not. We've we've laughed at him. I, I get what you mean about somebody big and a bit more I've physical. Laughed, right? but also needs to be well. somebody. No, but he's but not hungry at... enough. He's not hungry enough. He's at the wrong end of his career. We need somebody who wants to aspire to do more. Somebody that's younger, right? And, and you know... Well, that, that, that's why I mean Russell McLean, because he is that. He's a far, far better player. But I was thinking, if it was possibly. somebody feasible that you could, you could have that isn't a starter that you would bring on for the last 15 minutes and would be a problem of some sort, you know, and that's what I'm saying, we don't have Maybe. any problem players, and unless, unless... We need, a, Jim, we need a Jimmy Lister type player though, and I Aye. don't think, I don't think that McLean is that, and I don't think that Gal is that either, but he, there was times with Jimmy Lister when he was unplayable, right, and the way I always looked at it was, he was a player that, that I felt was playing in a league below his ability, I think Gallagher is in the league of his ability, I look at other teams that are round about us and they've got strikers that I think could cope with the championship and I'm not sure Gallagher could. I think that is part of the issue. He's a good League One striker, but what we actually need if we want to aspire for promotion is we need players that are good championship strikers and I don't think we've got that. Smith I like. I think Smith, his work rate is brilliant in his effort, but actually, is he a goal scorer? No. Is Gallica really a proven goal scorer? Yeah, at this level, all right, but it's the odd goal here and there, the odd chip. Not prolific. No, not prolific, and he's very frustrating with some of these things. If I was to say the word offside, the first play you think of in our team is Gallica, right? I just think that we have... Dylan Easton, I think, could could go into a championship team, no bother. McCabe could go into a championship team, no bother. These are the sort of players that we need to elevate us to the next level. And we've got four dice. I think he could, get, could go into a championship defence. I don't think we have a striker yet that's proven himself to, to do that. Gabby McGill, I like the look of him. I, I thought he was brilliant at the beginning of the season before he got injured. Scored a couple of goals. Looked like he could be that guy who bagged 10 goals quite quickly for us. Injured. Salim looks good. Can leap like a salmon, right? The guy is... Good in the air. His, his goal, last-minute goal that won the 4-3 game proved that. But again, injuries, right? So we can't rule them in or out at the moment. We don't know. From what I've seen of Smith, 
he's young, he's developed, he'll get better, but is he going to be the guy that will nick us a goal every other week? I'm not sure yet. Gallagher, I think we've seen the best of Gallagher. If I'm honest, I don't see him getting better, and I think we need to find a striker who is somebody that could settle into a championship team. That's what we need to take us up. Sitting very, opinion. very patiently and very politely, sent the Zoom link far too late, uh, late entrance to the podcast. Welcome, Barry Davis. Barry, how are you? Um, fine, thanks. Yeah, I'm just listening to the, the chat there. Um, I was say, what, what see you, Callum Gallagher, talking point? Is he, <clears throat> is he good enough to win as the league? I think it's, it's a very high... Uh, hurdle that we're, we're, we're putting there or a, a harsh one to judge him against but ultimately we're within touching distance of the top we're concerned about scoring enough goals uh, and and he's been getting a bit of focus recently yeah um and rightly so i wasn't at the game on saturday but i seen the kind of miss where he was practically through center of the goal and he just i don't know just took too long didn't he um can he get his goals to take us up? Maybe. If he gets enough chances, he'll put he'll put them away. But it's whether he's consistent enough. And I don't know. I say that to David when we see him. He doesn't have that burst of pace to take him past a defender. He's got, I mean, he's not slow by any means, but he's not got that extra yard they can just kind of bring out the bag. And the, the, the way kind of Calm Smith is rapid, but the question marks lie with Smith over his overall finishing ability. Um, I like Gallagher. And I, I think he's he's a good player to have in the squad. I think he's vice captain because he he has a lot he, he kind of has a lot of respect amongst the squad. Um I mean the guy he can the guy can finish. He's whether he's good enough to I mean I think we've spoken about this David he's he's good enough for for a mid table League One team, but your guys at the top of the league, as we aspire to be, and indeed as we are at the moment, these are the guys that will take their chances every week, like Mitch Meganson did on Saturday, or like listen, even Bob, lower league teams, you know. I know people don't like him, right? But Goodwillie, for example, right? What Goodwillie does that keeps Clyde in our league, and Meganson can do it, and a few others can do it, is get something out of nothing. I, whereas I think Gallagher always needs all these chances set up for him. He's not the sort of striker that will take the ball in with his back to goal. And do you know who used to do it really well and it always bugged me because he seemed to do it better against the other day? Mark Roberts. Mark Roberts could pick up a ball, create a bit of space and get a shot away out of nothing. And there's strikers in this league that can do it. And I can't remember, correct me if I'm wrong and tell me what your thoughts are, but I can't remember a time that Gallagher's done that. He's made something out of nothing for us. No, he's not. I think, that got, I think you've also got to factor in some of the service that he's been getting for the last number of weeks. You know, the number of times the ball gets, you know, fired up at him like a missile about three feet above the height that he can jump at, and he's expected to make something of it. That's that's a difficult one, and it must be quite soul destroying when you know eighty percent of the of, of the balls come at you like that. It's been better of late, but but certainly some. Earlier on in the season, it was it was a little bit thankless, and it, and it does tend to be, you know, like that. I'm, 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 I would almost finish my argument about it by saying I think he is almost good enough to get us promoted if we do everything else properly elsewhere. You know, there are other you know debates to be had tonight. You know, maybe tonight. You know, I 
I, I think we're currently suffering because of the, the injury problems at centre half because the overall knock-on effect of, of Kerr and, uh, and Lyons not playing is that McCabe ends up at centre half and I, I tend to think he should be in the middle of the park and then there's everyone else is reshuffled round about and we look a completely different team and we don't tend to move forward as well. We're not as... Uh, you know, it's compact when when he's not there, and and maybe that helps the forward line a wee bit further. Uh, so you know, that's, that's one thing to think about. I, I thought about that, but I'll challenge you on that, right? Because I agreed with you at one point, Alan. Then I had a wee rethink, but ultimately, McCabe's played at centre back quite a lot of our games that have got us to where we are. And the player that's come in to replace him in recent weeks is Agnew, who was probably man of the match on Saturday, who was outstanding in there, but. And McCabe reads the game so well and he's like a second captain on the pitch. But I do agree with you, there was something lacking in defence on Saturday and we, we we lost two weak goals. But both of them were crosses that maybe should have been stopped. So was that the fullbacks issues? And then secondly, once they get in there, both of them were free. One was a free header and one was a, a free kick. You know, it was like, there was no challenge. So is it people not marking? Is it people not picking up the main issue? I don't know. Well, it's, an, it's, it's, an, it's, another, free, it's another free header, isn't, isn't it? And this is where you know, I, I think it's worth co- debating at least about this whole idea of playing so narrow. And, and many teams do it now, but this whole idea of playing so narrow so that you shut down people running through you in the middle of the park, but you leave wide guys in spare positions and, you, and it gives them a free a free. Uh, cross effectively now if you're Airdrie and we can go back and probably if you go back and look at all the highlights the number of free headers and uh, 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 not marking men at the back post that we have committed in this season that is not conducive to playing narrow and and and, and not having your full backs shutting off the supply we, we're actually setting people up to have a free cross against us and we're not marking up anyway so you know something has to change there and you know, and I, I agree with you. I think McCabe reads the game so well and it means that he looks relatively comfortable at the back that way, but it's not his best position. I'm sure he'd probably be the first person to admit that it's, it's not his favourite position. And I'd be more tempted that when, when there's an injury at centre-back that it's that it's Watson that goes over and plays in that position because he's, he's, he's a more robust guy that's going to get his head on stuff. And I think though that the reason Watson has been put right back and is because he set up a couple of goals. And suddenly we had this right back who was contributing to attack. Yes, and he has done. He ultimately has done that. But it's it's looking at the bigger picture and thinking where you're most effective. And and a full back with the best best will in the world, if they're told to move forward, the boy Walker could be getting forward. And if he's you know, it's it's beaten into him that that's part of his job. He should be able to get forward and do the same. Um, it's it's easy, dare I say it? It's probably a little bit easier to play at fullback than it is to play at centre back. And and the being in mind we're we're losing these goals in the middle of the park, then you know you need to get that right. But I think it's more for the balance and McCabe McCabe in the middle. Um, you know, it, it, it changes the whole dynamic of things. And to be honest, it then means that. Probably Agnew falls out because I think he has been in there as makeshift. It was pretty much admitted that you know he, he was uh, coming to the end of his career and 
you know, he was he was only going to play every was going to play every game. So, and and by the very nature of that, he's not in our top eleven starters. Therefore, the fact that he's a couple of decent games, you know, we've still got to be trying to go out and put our best team in the park at all costs. Yeah, and Watson started the season at centre back as well, so he could easily slot back in. Yeah, um, and Walker could. Walker's done. I mean, he, he did well against Falkirk up at their ground when Watson was out attending his wedding or whatever he was doing. Um, and he came in and he actually had a, a hand in the second goal, if I remember. I think he passed the ball to Frizzle, who then, um, or I think there was a chance created or something. Not, in fact, I think it was, I think it was Smith's goal that, that Frizzle crossed over for from uh, Walker's pass. So he is decent going forward. He was absolutely exposed so badly when he was playing at left back a few weeks ago um yeah who we were playing against um was it peter head maybe it was it was just out of his out of his comfort zone and there was a guy behind us screaming for him to get forward and the guy was surviving playing it actually and he's at left back so there was no chance he was going to add getting forward to his game and then messing up further up the park he was I think he was just trying to focus and defending first and foremost quite, it, quite may, it may well be if Watson did end up playing back at centre back that really the priority for it, for every signing over, over the, the January window might be a full back rather than a striker you know and, and solidifying that because you've got to feel that we have good goals in us and really what we want to be avoiding is losing bad goals in games that even when we've not played overly well, we've still lost. You know, there's both the Cove games, I think, come under that category. We should have been able to escape both of those games with a draw and we've got nothing out of them. You could probably look at the Alloa game as well and think bad goals to lose just yeah. by, you know, by backing off and giving somebody, a, a, you know, mm-hmm. a, a, a shot and then, you know, ha- having to fight for the rest of the game to, to, to try and get a foothold in it. There's been there's been two or three games like that that we've not picked up full points just because of the the, the leaking at the back, not because of we've been un, unduly uncreative up front. Do you not think it's both? Sorry, I was just going to say because you had Easton's opportunity, and in, and as Barry commented, you had Gallagher's opportunity where he, he dithered a wee button the ball. Right, mm-hmm. if we're one nil up, that's a different game. Yeah, we we missed chances, which then led to them still feeling they were in the game. The first goal, right, let's be honest, I think it's a mistimed jump by Fordyce. It's something that nine times out of ten, he's knocking that away. And that caught us out, it did. But ultimately, we should have been at least 1-0 up by that point. Yeah. And that changes yeah. the whole game. Yeah, 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 you're right. And, I know, but, and maybe we've been criticising Gallagher a little bit for his... For being a bit dithery on the ball, but in fairness, Easton's miss was much worse. You know, he need, he needs to look up and place that, and it's or he could have fed it left uh, and and played. I can't even remember who was in beside him. There were so many options, and really, I kind of kind of well blasted at the, at the at the keeper. You know, they, they gave him the chance to save it. Um, so it's you know it's it's circumstance. You know, and and uh, but because I said right, what what Easton could have done there was run it forward and try and shimmy by the guy like he's done so many times, right? right. What, if he, what if he tries that and loses it? Then we're all screaming, why didn't you shoot? And I know. Times, it's it's, it's, it's uh, easy to sit back here and say, well, if he'd only done that, if he'd only done this. It is. 
If, you, if your uncle was a woman, he'd be your auntie. Eh? <laughs> but I think the bigger overall picture is this. We, if we want to win this league, we need to be beating the teams up round about us, which is Cove and Queen's Park. And you know what? We'll, we'll, we'll toss Falkirk in there, which we have beaten this season already, right? Mm. Because they are still a team that are going to keep coming back and trying. They're going to get money chucked at them at some point. They always do. Even Yerman Trussi's right. But definitely Queen's Park and Cove, they are the teams we need to start overcoming that we're currently not overcoming. They mm. just seem to have something a bit more about them. Do you feel there's a wee bit of men? I don't want to call it, call it mental weakness, but is there a, is there something in there that that we don't quite seem confident enough to play our own game when we play the, the top two or three? Because it's getting very obvious that we're dispatching the bottom half of the league now quite easily. And like you say, going to Stenhouse Muir on Saturday that would normally have been a banana skin for me. I'd have been. I've been shitting myself with that with that sort of game, but I, I don't I don't see it being a problem. I think we dispatch these folk, we pass the ball, we get them moving about, they get tired, and we create chances out of that as as well. But for some reason, we don't seem quite as comfortable when we're playing against the the, the, the supposedly better teams, and we've not performed, we've not got as 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 decent a result as we maybe should have, and and almost inevitably the last ten minutes or so become difficult. Even if we're winning, they become a little bit more difficult than they should be. I, I wonder if it's the weight of expectation sometimes, because we have a, a, a good run of wins. I mean, I'd need to check our stats for the last 10 games, but I'm sure the majority of them will, will be wins with the, the Alawa defeat and obviously Cove. Um, I think the, maybe even the rest of them could could actually be wins. And then we get to the point where we, we won against East Fife. And it was a, it was a, could have been could have been much more than one. I mean, it was it could have been a cricket score. Smith had taken so many chances, he just wanted to move on his right foot. Um, and then you've got Cove, top of the league clash. And it's as if like the players then Watson's in the, the pre the pre-match comment saying, Oh, we know we can do better and we're we're not even playing as well as we as we know we can and stuff. I just think sometimes I just want them to shut up and just go out and play and not actually try to talk it up as if oh we're we're great and we know we can do better because then they go into Saturday and they don't do better and they get a I mean as I say I wasn't at the game um but from speaking to David and um speaking to my nine-year-old son um it, it seems as if they were they, they could have they could have done better than they did. I've not watched the highlights in once because I tend not to watch the defeats. Um, I don't get a lot of joy from it, obviously. Not hard to swallow. That. Um, yeah, so I've not even seen Easton's miss. I've seen Gallagher's miss because I kind of flicked through it a little bit and just paused it in and out. Um, but I do wonder if they just kind of fold under the pressure because I don't know if there's, there's a mentality there that maybe. Uh, is Murray, is Murray talking them up enough? I mean, he comes out and, and does it, but I don't know what's to say to them in training. You know, I'll tell you one thing, though, right? They come out fired up at halftime. There was a remarkable difference. It only lasted 10 minutes, so that's the problem. But whatever he said to them, or however they spoke to each other, they came out a different team after a flat first-half performance, raised the game, and really looked like we were going to run all over them. Then we had a couple of chances, and then we kind of started almost getting nervous again. I still put it down to teams like Cove and Queen's Park having some players in there that have played at a higher level and and you could expect to play at that higher level. We've got a few of them, but 
do we have enough? Do we need some more? Is that the sort of reinforcements we maybe need in the coming weeks? Just that bit more experience of being a being in a promotion race or a bit more experience from a, from a higher league. You've got good experience within the team, but there was, and I won't name names, but there were certain players who just were not as good as they have been on Saturday. And I dare say that may have been the same situation with Aloha. There's probably a couple of names that people would have in mind think, you know what, they just, they, they seem to perform against the lower half, but when it's the bigger games, you're right, Barry, they just, is it a bottle thing? Is it a nerves thing? What is it? There's something that just, certain players that you need to come alive, just, it doesn't happen or hasn't happened yet. I sometimes feel there's a, I think I've maybe mentioned this before in an, in an older podcast, but I sometimes feel there's there's a lack of a, a sort of a lack of nastiness and a cynicism about us at times. You know, you, you see Cove on Saturday and they were constantly surrounding the referee and giving him dogs abuse. If we broke forward, there was a couple of challenges that were just like I'm just pulling him down. And and you know, there are harder teams. You look at Dumbarton and they're just a horrible bunch of you know, a bunch of players, you know, and, and we Whereas sometimes I just feel we're, we're a wee bit too honest and, and you know, we'll, we'll not leave the boot in, we'll not, we'll, we'll, we'll not go in hard. And, and, and sometimes you need a player in there that's, that's got a bit of steel about them like that, 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 that carries you through you know, circumstances when things aren't going as, quite as well. Um, I don't know what you think of that. I, th- I think you're right. I think traditionally we had guys like Kenny Black... Um, who you could always rely on to, to to make his mark on on the game one way or the other, um, and we've got Reese McCabe, who I agree, I think his best position has to be midfield, whether it's bringing Watson into centre half or whether it's it's bringing in Luke Lyons or even I mean I think Walker can play centre half. Low if he really wants to play Watson at right back, he could move Walker into centre half. Wouldn't be my first choice, but he seems very reluctant to I mean you've got McCabe who is a midfielder playing out of position I think he was exposed in Aloha and again he was and that's the thing you know too, too many people have been saying to me he's looked comfortable and he's, he can play and he can he has an, a, an elegant patch up job if we've got if necessary but I don't think it is necessary and I'm not absolutely convinced that he, you know, the Aloha game, he, he didn't cover himself with glory. No, he didn't. He didn't. He was he was at fault for probably both the goals, truth be told. Um, sloppy, sloppy goals to lose and again, that was another one where we came into that game with a certain degree of expectation and also on that note, like, on the subject of Dallin Easton, I mean, we all know Dallin Easton is, is like a magician on the ball, but he can't do it all himself. And I, I sometimes feel like, get, give it to Easton and watch him go. And other players kind of stand and say, oh yeah, he's going to do this here. He can't, he can't beat everybody. And he has to have some backup. And now Frizzle does the same the same job to, maybe not a lesser extent, because he's got his own different type of skill set. And he's very, very, he's got such quick feet. So is Easton. We've got these two guys that can create chances, but we have to support them. That's why it's so important for me that Akeeb is in midfield, because he could be the guy just mopping up the pass. He's been that holding midfielder and then setting up guys like Easton and Frizzle to walk through. And we've got guys like, I mean, you've got um, Miguel in there who is a good player, but 
he's not as good as McCabe for me. And I think when you've got McCabe at centre half, he's for me, as I say, as you say, that's an elegant patch up job, Alan, but he's wasted there for me. I think we need to get either lines in or I don't know, Walker yeah. needs to come in or we get somebody else in because it's not in order for us to challenge and get these chances created, we need our best midfield, and that includes McCabe not playing centre half. I, I agree. I, I think the thing is, I think if you're Murray right and you're playing McCabe in there at the patch up, and let's not forget the first time he played there was away to Peterhead with the COVID crisis and he did really well. And I think that's made Murray think, oh, hang on, he's All a right. good option, right? And, right. It's happened, and it's happened again. But undoubtedly, one of their best games this season was 3 0 away to Falkirk when our midfield consisted of McCabe, McEnroy, Frizzle, and Easton. And the four of them ran the show. Uh, and I do agree, but I think the problem is we need an injury free defence. Defence has been their biggest shaken up issue, right? Through COVID, and obviously um, with Rico being out for a while, with Kerr being injured, with Lyons being injured, we've been a bit unfortunate, right? If we get that settled defence again, I'd still keep, I wouldn't move Watson in. I think he's doing a good enough job at right back. We've now got Rico at left back. There's a bit of better balance there. I, we just need a fit care and a fit Lions and to stay fit. And for me, preferably care, only because I've seen more of them than I know them more. Right? Lions might be able to do the same thing, but care also has a really good pass in him. He's very composed. We are playing a style of play right now that led to that 25-pass goal where our entire defence are very comfortable knocking it about. You've got McCabe and McEnroe will drop deep and pick the ball up. Easton will drop deep and pick the ball up. So our defence and midfield probably link up better this season than they have in a long time. And the, what we need to get better at is then progressing up the park and linking up our midfield and our attack. I still, if I had to pick one area of the pitch, because I think we've got the players right that can sort the fence. If there's one area of the pitch I'm still not sure about where I still think we need a talisman, it's up front. It could be Miguel, it could be Salim, but they're unproven and they've both been injured. So for me, that is the one area. If we could bring in one player in one position, for me, it would be a striker. I agree. I think Gavin Miguel could be the guy. I mean, I think he's dynamic enough to, to pose a threat. Um, he looked good. Yeah, he did. And when we've seen even playing on the right wing, I think Salim, by all accounts, seems to be done for the season, if rumours are to be believed. Um, I think he's, he's, he's injured. And, I, I mean, there's, the club's been quite quiet about it, but I think there's been enough murmurings on the, the Facebook page to, there's no smoke without fire. My, my concern about Kerr is he seems to be pretty injury prone as well. The chocolate soldiers at the back, aren't they? I mean, I mean, he feels he, that, doesn't it? Between he, he, he seems to take it off every, every game, you know what I mean? Lions, get in, Lions look good against Clyde pre-season. We got absolute horse, but he was the kind of one, the guy that looked all right and justifiably got signed and then got injured. Fordyce is like a steady Eddie. I mean, he never seems to get injured, Touchwood, and... He obviously he's, he's pretty consistent, but he needs somebody alongside him because it's only going to be a matter of time before he can't, he, he can't do it all. That's the thing. McEnroy's good in, in midfield, but again, I, I, kind of focusing on the Alloa game, the balance in that team was terrible. I mean, they, they started off with too many strikers. Miguel got injured early on. They changed at half time, brought on Agonew. 
then took an armed midfielder off and put an R striker on, so that imbalance returned. Yeah. Well, that was McEnroy. Did McEnroy not start that game playing as a, McCabe's role as the, as the holding midfielder? And again, he was playing far, far too deep and therefore wasn't linking with the forwards. And that's that That was really going to be my next question because I felt on Saturday McEnroy had probably his, a quiet, his, his quietest game. And it was really that, the, the victim of being shoved slightly out wide on the, on, on the right-hand side. And I, I wonder if he's maybe a wee bit better. If, you, if you're going to play some kind of diamond with your midfielders that... Then maybe he becomes the forward, the, the the forward guy that becomes the link to the to the to the forward line. It gives him an opportunity to to, to kind of burst forward to get to the edge of the box because we've scarcely seen that that wicked left foot that he's got. You know, yeah. we've all seen the highlights reel, and you know, yes, he got he managed to manufacture himself a chance on Saturday by cutting in from the right hand side and plundering his way through to the through the box, but. I, I I I feel his positioning is 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 key to this as well, and I'd, I'd maybe like to see him just play off the, you know, just behind the forwards and that and again. So you've got him just behind the forwards. You've got McCabe just in front of the defence, and you've got Frizzle and and uh, and Easton sort of buzzing about, you know, at either side, you know, in in, in front of that. And I think that I might be wrong, but I think uh, David, that's kind of close to the Falkirk. Set up, was it not? Yeah, I think you're right. And that's it. But the key there was we had Karen at the back. And that's that's what we need. If we could keep care injury free, right, I would have my back four all season as being uh, Rico Watson, four Dyson Kerr. I would and and then I would have McCabe in there, does a great job linking up. He knows the importance of, of, of a midfield support in the defence now. He allows McEnroy to go further forward, Brazil and Easton. I almost feel they play free rolls at times. They can drift about and move about, but that's good. They cause teams problems. Teams don't know how to mark them. And, and I think that is what we need to... Who, who scored again against Falkirk? My apologies, but I can't actually remember off the top of my head. Air scored a header. Right. Smith scored the the crossover, and he, it looked like he sclaffed it, but he did really well because it was well above his... Oh, yeah, and it bounced over the keeper. Yeah. And, and the Easton, scored. Easton scored in the first half. Easton scored in the first half, yes. So, so this is this. It kind of reinforces some for me, right? But I think one of the reasons we are up at the top, challenging, and let's not forget we're feeling a bit spoiled, right? It's a great position to be in, and losing is gutting. But it's actually great to feel gutted about losing top spot. I mean, that you know, seasons gone by, we were debating whether we were going to be in the top playoffs, to the bottom playoffs. To actually now be solid enough to say we're really up the top, we're going for it, we're in. Serious threat, that's brilliant. So let's just not lose sight of that. But for me, we get the settled defence, we get that midfield four in there, they can torment any team on their day. We've got goals all over the team now. It's not, we're not, so I think we're getting away with the whole not having a real prolific striker because there's goals coming from everywhere. But if you could add to that a prolific striker, and I don't want to take away from Smith and Gal's work rate and effort, it is good. I still feel, you know, if we got promoted, would would they both be guaranteed starters on the team? Absolutely not. I know for a fact Murray would go out and want to strengthen. He'd want to get somebody else in. So maybe we need that foresight of, can we bring that kind of person in already? I don't think that, that either any of our four strikers right now have proven themselves to be somebody that could slot into a 
championship team and hold down a first team place. That's the kind of striker I think we're missing at the moment. Yeah, I think that's a valid point. I think we're possibly coming across a bit negative because I'm I'm still I know, optimistic. I, know. I think it's, it was really disappointing to lose the Alloa game and the Cove game. Wasn't that either of them saw the highlights and thought the goals were really soft. If you want to win the league, see what defences win your leagues, you need to be more solid than that. But you've touched on it. I think there's there's makeshift just now. And mm-hmm. uh, I think Josh Kerr has probably been rushed back too many times. There was rumours about he played the Motherwell game, he hadn't really trained. And it just seems to be catching up with him. Let's get him healthy. Uh, we've got a couple of big games coming up. I think that Montrose away in Queen's Park at home, you're looking for four points between those two games. I think you'd be right in the mix at the halfway point. Uh, and then I, can tell you, it's, I don't know that there'll be the money to go out and buy somebody as good as Goodwillie or, or Meganson. In fact, I'm sure there won't be. So uh, we kind of need everything to come together. We need Gallagher to hit maybe a bit more clinical form. But if you can get that solid base at the back, I think you're right that this is the most exciting midfield I've seen in a long time. I watched the Euros thinking loads of the games were just about possession and Airtree. Watching Airtree is nothing like this. The ball gets humped all the time. And then I sat down to watch these five live stream and thought, this is this is a bit more like it. This is the most controlled I've ever seen Airtree be. And I know he's five for bottom of the league, but uh, if, we're, we're moving in the right direction. And I, I had to get rid of Murray last season. I'm really impressed by the work that he's done recruiting over the summer. We're not shopping in the same market as, I think, Kovar. Uh, they've got a lot more money to go out and spend. Uh, so the fact we're in there in the fight is great, but we, we, we do just need to be a bit tighter at the back. And again, you've touched on it. These big games, these games against two years ago, Raith Rovers lost three of them. Last year, Partick Thistle, what did we lose to them? Four games? No, sorry, it was only three cut short by COVID again, you can't win the league if you give teams massive head starts and we've already given Cove six points and we're only two behind them, so we need to show up uh, at these games against the, the teams at the top, uh, and if we can do that, then I'm, I'm still quite excited that it could be our year All I was going to say is, another thing we've not factored in with the injuries, right, is we're still okay putting an alright 11 on, but there have been some times during the course of this season, I've looked at our bench and thought, who, who do we have there that could change a game? Now, if we get everybody back in, right, to have a good centre-half on the bench, which we've not had, Mc, Scott McGill, I think Scott McGill's got the ability to actually be challenging to keep the, those four that we've talked about as key midfielders. He's got the ability to challenge them. And I'd like to think that McGill and or Salim could do the same if, if they were injury-free. But there's been times, with no disrespect to Jordan Allen, but he's been the only attacking option on the bench and 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 hasn't really been favoured by Murray to be brought on. Or when he has come on, he's not really done anything to change a game. So, yeah, it's OK even the start on 11, but sometimes it's those tactical substitutions that make the difference for other teams. And that's another reason why we need to get ourselves free of injuries. And I, I totally agree with your point, Colin. I think Kerr's been rushed back at times. Um, and then maybe not being ready to come in, probably for reasons of we were struggling with COVID, people were out, we were patching a team together, but if we can get him fit, I think he's a key player of our team. Do you know what the real problem is, gents? We got rid of Paul Mackay. He'd have, have slotted in there at centre-half, no bother. Throwing the ball <laughs> miles into the box. We're too rash getting rid oh, of him. Jack Mackay as well. Yeah, let's, any of the two of them across the back, I'm sure would have done a great job. 
the long throw seems to have gone by the wayside of, yeah. of late. Have you noticed that? I think I think maybe McCabe tried one on Saturday, and that was the first one that I'd noticed for weeks and weeks. I wonder why that's fallen out. Because in fairness, I I thought McCabe's actually even better at it than 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 Mackay was. He, he throws a powerful. It's like a cross right into the penalty spot. But it surprised me. The reason it's fell away in recent weeks, Alan, is exactly because McCabe's playing centre-half. And the last thing you want is your centre-half. Well, yes, you're right. You're absolutely right. That's why it surprised me that he took a couple against Cove. Because I thought, wait a minute, he's still playing at centre-half. Why are we now deploying this? And it's almost like we're looking and thinking from a tactical point, let's use every weapon we've got here to try and create an opportunity. Whereas in other games, we're clearly competent enough to think we'll create an opportunity. Aye, aye. Uh, but, right. but nothing but nothing came of them though which was unfortunate and I think as soon as he's back in midfield we'll, we'll start using that again more lunch the trebuchet <laughs> <laughs> nothing generally comes of them though to be fair I think it's came off once against Falkirk two years ago no we're not I mean, good enough in the air we're not we're, we're not I mean, we're, we're not physical enough up front it's back to that what I was saying earlier but there's nobody that's a handful in there that's going to get their head in the ball with these yeah he's and got, I get what you're saying Alan earlier on about Connor Salmon I don't think for a second he's the answer but at least no I think I, I've laughed at him to be honest you know but I, you cannot take away from the fact and I go back go back and look at the goal he scored against us in the first game you know he was big and he was strong and he pushed somebody off the ball and he is a decent enough player, you know, that he, that he found the corner of the goals really, really well. And David, you're right, you know, he's at the end of his career and it might not be, but it's, and it may just be that I'm thinking that type of player. Yeah, I think, I noticed that guy, Russell McLean, as well against us. For being a tall player, he was surprisingly oh. poor there. Um, remember we commented on that David how he, he, yeah. he, he was like, missed he almost when he ducked and... when he jumped I, ah, I, I, I didn't think he won in the air. he was a poor man's Kevin James that's what he was he, he genuinely he like a big gangly thing and I thought he should be dominating everything but he didn't win that much in here and it was almost like his jumps he just went up on his tiptoes and mm-hmm. I, I'd have taken for dice over him all day long but there are shorter players that can jump better. And Salim, for example, is a perfect example. I think Salim wins about 80% of his headers. It's incredible. So I don't think height is necessarily it. But no, Salim's, no, no. Salim's got a solid frame. That's why I wouldn't Very be too fixated with, with I, would, I, I wouldn't be too fixated with a big tall guy because I think with big tall guys you sometimes lose a bit of pace. I'm still a fan of with the type of football we play, the ability to slip that ball in behind, right? Gal's goal last week. It was was a perfect example of that. Slipped through, great finishes. You said earlier, calling off the off the inside of the post. But we've got the ability to unpick defences with the, that kind of passing move. So I I would rather a nippy player who knows how to hold the line than a big tall guy. We'll, we'll, we'll try and wrap up. You guys travel far and wide. Uh, don't miss many games. In fact, between you, you've probably not missed any. So who, out of our competitors, who has impressed you most? Alan, mm-hmm. go to you first. Oh, God. Um, I think probably, I think probably Cove. The, the obvious ones are, the obvious ones are going to be Cove, Queen's Park, and to a certain extent, Falkirk. I was getting pelters from my mates because I, I thought at the Falkirk game, Despite the fact we played very, very well, I thought in stages they moved the ball up the park pretty, pretty well. They, uh, I felt they, they maybe lacked a forward, you know, to to finish things off as they have done from what last the last couple of seasons, or certainly the last season when, when they were when they were challenging us. Um, but 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 Cove to me on Saturday showed that 
you are going to have to counter, to win this league, we're going to have to counter their strength and we're going to have to work out how to unhinge them a wee bit. And I think Queen's Park are kind of similar. Um, they're well organised, but I don't think they've got the same, I don't think they've the same ability to score goals as Cove have. You know, despite the fact there's Simon Murray and, and whatever, you know, the, the other couple of guys, I, they look a bit short shy and they've not scored against us yet, despite the fact we've been talking about how leaky our defence can be, you know, they've not managed to score against us and that will ultimately be their downfall. So kind of predictably, I'm probably going to have to say Cove are, are, are the ones to, to beat here. Barry, what do you reckon? Um... Are we talking teams that we've played? Are we talking players? Teams, yeah, no teams. teams. From, from what you've seen, we're, we're in the mix, but uh, yeah. who's, who's so, most likely to stop us? Well, aye. I think the, the obvious contenders, as Alan says, has to be the, the guys we're competing with. I, th- I don't think Falkirk have shown anything that would suggest they're going to provide any kind of challenge. They might be there thereabouts, but I mean, we put them away very, very comfortably. I commented at the time, it's the easiest one I've seen against Falkirk in many, many years. Um, the fact that they were still saying they were they were the better team in that game, I, I'm, I'm bamboozled by that, to be honest. Um, Cove have obviously beat us twice. And the, 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 the away game with the last minute header was, was a sore one. Um, and they're, they're bankrolled quite well, so it's got to be it's got to be Cove and Queens Park. I think Queens Park have got decent players. I wouldn't have minded if we'd signed Bob at Q after his loan spell with us a few years ago. I think he could have done well for us if we'd had a a chance. He looked absolutely clinical the few games he played and and scored a decent amount of goals. I think four goals in five games or something he put away for us. Um, Montrose, do you know? They beat us really well at the start of the season. Whether they beat us again in a few weeks, a different game, I would imagine. I don't think they'll 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 hump us three 0 again. Um, I think they'll be there thereabouts, but I don't think they'll be challenging for the title. I think it's going to be between us, Cove, and, and Queens Park. So it's got to be the teams around us. We need to start. We need to start getting points off them. It's not acceptable to go through. League league winners don't go through a season and not beat their main contenders at least once. Um, and we've we are struggling to do that at the moment. The thing to remember is that, that Cove have lost. Well, Cove have taken six points from us now, and yet, and if you if you if you equalise that one out a wee bit, that's got to mean that if we if we, if we had done a, at least at least a decent job and even taken the couple of draws that we could conceivably have had, Cove's record then against the other teams is not as good as ours. They lost yeah. you know, to so, five, which is a, a, a mind blowing result, but uh, yeah. So, you know, so they're not. We're, we're, we're kind of feeling that they were strong and difficult to beat, and whatever. But they're clearly not unassailable. And you know, conceivably, they've they've really dug in and, and and got the result against us that they were obviously obviously looking for. But even there were times, if you look at some of the chances that we got, we, we were presented with. You know, there was some terrible defending by them. You know, they turned round and passed the ball straight to an Airdrie player on at least two or three occasions. You know, under no pressure. So you know. I'd, I just, if, if the takeaway I think for me for tonight has to be that I've been, I've been hearing so how many times how poor the game was on Saturday and the performance. And even I think, you know, in the interviews and the players were saying they were disappointed that it was a poor performance. I don't think it was a dreadfully poor performance. It was quite a fine line. We lost a couple of bad goals at the end, but while I don't think we necessarily deserved to win, to get the full three points, 
if we'd taken a point out, I don't think anybody would have, would have looked twice at it, and you know it would have been a it would have been a relatively deserved point. So I think we've just got to remain confident and you know play to our strengths and keep passing the ball and try and create some chances. And maybe Saturday's games maybe a good one for us because you know against and hopefully not a particularly great team. You know that we can get back to passing the ball. We can maybe create a few chances, score a couple of goals, and then and then move on to the. Uh, the the, the Montrose game and the Queen's Park game with a bit of confidence and sort of you know set, setting the setting the thing straight again. Have you got cup fever, David? Yeah, no. As I was saying at the start, I would have much rather be going at this game off the back of one, right? Uh, just to very quickly answer your question as well, Cove, right, um, and Queen's Park, I would have said with the main two, but see the thing is, Queen's Park haven't won the last five. They, they they were the team that they were the last team in their league to be unbeaten, right? Started well, but they've started starting. Sorry, um, Queens Park started starting. Cove though, right? Just looked to have upped themselves a little bit. They they've got four clean sheets in the last five. The games they've been winning, they've been winning by two or three goals. I think that's what separates them and us right now. Is that clinical ability to put a game to bed? Even on Saturday, we went one 0 down. They put us to bed. They went and they get the second goal. We need to start doing that to other teams. I'd love to say that on Saturday we'll go and get a really resounding cut one. I won't have the same confidence as you, Alan, but I still fear smaller teams as being banana skins. It doesn't matter who it is because they always like the whole giant killing act. And we are currently the giants, you know, and we're coming off the back of a defeat. So... I'd love to go and get a couple of early goals and make it comfortable and then get some confidence back in the team, but I'm not going to say too much just in case uh, it doesn't pan out that way. Although I do have Crichton in defence, so there's always a chance. <laughs> Listen, Crichton O'Reilly's their star man, team of the week Wait, a few, few weeks ago. I'll make one prediction then, right, just for a laugh, just because I hope, I, I hope it doesn't happen, but just in case... Crichton to score a header, right? Guaranteed, because we just seem to have this thing where ex-players just decide, well, let's bang a goal in against the other, right? And Crichton, for whatever reason, he left. The guy can win a good ball in the air. He was a good captain. He was solid. He was committed to us. He was, again, somebody that very rarely got injured. So that is a quality that that we kind of need in our defence at the moment. I could see him just going bam and sticking one in from a corner. So maybe we, maybe we just need to not give away any corners on Saturday. Um, but I think we'll win it. But I want I'm more I'm more looking forward to the following week. I want to get back to the league again. Who do we have the week after? Montrose away, I think it's big big. Montrose away. I'll make that. I want to go to that. It's a ground I don't think I've ever been to, right? So it'll be good to tick that off the list. But that that means more. But yeah, it would probably be good to come off of a confident boost and cut win. I'll tell you what would be worse. Sorry. I'll tell you what would be worse than a Crichton header. A Crichton free kick. Remember? Oh, God, no. <laughs> amazing, amazing run where he, doesn't, <laughs> where he doesn't two foot a party thistle player after taking a slightly heavy touch 40 yards from goal. Uh, yeah, I, I, speaking to Craig Telford before this, he says Crichton's the one that's impressed, impressed him least. Uh, Adam Brown's there. Not Weatherburn's there, but we said he might be out. And who was the other one? O'Reilly. 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 And he says O'Reilly's tearing it up, which he showed signs off with us when he got himself fit. Uh, so I can I can well believe that. So 
Yeah. There's another young boy with a lot to prove, do you know what I mean? So you're right, maybe he's the one that's going to get the mazy run the goal against us, but I don't like coming up against teams that have got a lot of ex-Airdre players because, quite rightly so, they feel they've got something to prove, they up their game, you know? I think O'Reilly's probably found his level, to be honest. I say this as like as if I'm the best football player in the world. I don't think he showed enough last season for me. And he seemed to be like a first pick in the team and then... He's, he couldn't he couldn't beat the first man and then he was just I don't know. I watched I, I watched the Stanley highlights um for some reason. They cropped up on, on YouTube and I watched it. Um and I seen him and he looked all right. And Wedderburn looked as if he was absolutely strolling it on the plastic pitch, just pinging passes about all over the place. And we know we can do that. If the guy had pace, he'd be playing at a higher level, I'm sure. Um Crichton, I'm not surprised he's not doing that great. I, I think he it, it, it was declining last season, certainly. That's why he wasn't in the team towards the end of the season. Um, and then for he did get in, it was just through sheer necessity. Often he would get lumped on and stuck up front, which was just absolutely ineffective. Like, just like chucking a bit of wood on. Um, <laughs> right, just, just aim at that bit of wood and hope it bounces off it and falls to somebody. Chuck, um, a, bit log, chuck a log in the fire. <laughs> um, his free kicks, well... I mean, he almost... He, he nearly on scored one once and he yeah. kept getting another chance and another chance to do it. And then Rose Ed. It was the same game we, where... We, Sorry, David. I was just going to say, we've scored from we've scored more goals from long throws than he scored free kicks, right? So that's the something. <laughs> um, yeah. I think the game he scored, they almost scored the free kick. It was the same game where we had the one effective long throw from Paul McKay. Then Gal scored the late one and I put... I put um, Falkirk um, and then we just persisted with it for the next 10 years or something that was kind of how it felt like um, I've actually I watched, watched a bit of the Queen's uh, Queen of the South game on Friday night as well I've seen Mackay strolling about at the back I think they're sitting second bottom at the moment as well so we might pass him in the way the way <laughs> up which would be pretty nice um, but yeah, I mean, I think regarding Saturday, I'm looking forward to going. I'm looking forward to take my son. I don't think he's been to Stenhouse Moor before. And it's one of these good grounds that you, uh, you stand behind the goals and it's terracing. And I think it'll be a good experience from him. Not too sure about going to Montrose. Um, that might just be a wee step too far for a nine-year-old. Come on, Barry, gets, let's get it done. Well, remember your 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 nephew gets travel sickness, so I don't know. His, what, uncle, Dave, his uncle David can take him. It's fine. Aye. You know, I actually, yeah, good shout, a good shout, good shout. Um, but I think Saturday will be good. I think we will win it. I don't know if we'll absolutely tear it up, but I think we'll we'll beat them. I think we've got enough to beat them. We're good enough to beat them. We all know that. Um, and if we can get lines back starting, give them a start on Saturday, then I think that'll steady up the defence a wee bit, and then it shows what he can do. Um, and then Gal's a confidence player he needs to score goals to keep to keep confident he is in the team he's vice captain Murray seems to really like him always bigs him up one of the things you don't see is what Gal does off the ball well no we can see that but we can also see the stuff he does with the ball when he's not scoring when he's like pinging one over the bar for two yards like he did against his faith um, and then he scores goals and he does he does pop up with important goals and we can't deny that Um but we just need them to score more. The, the guys that are winning the league, I've got guys that are scoring. I mean, what's Rory McAllister got? He's with Peter Head. He's got 10 goals for the season. Um, 
that's the type of striker we need. He's a cove now. He's a cove. He's a cove, sorry. Yeah, of course, got, well, there you go. There you go. Megginson, which again, yeah. the... And Ronnie McAllister's like hitting 35 now and he's still he's still banging in the goals. And Megginson's the same. Um, and then Queen's Park have got, I think we've got Bob McHugh who's probably banging in is a few goals. Mens- is, there's a boy up, there's another boy, a ginger. Oh, Yeah. Oh yeah, um, I keep wanting to see Mensing, but I don't think it's Mensing. No, nah, it's not him. It's Simon, not Mensing. Simon Murray. Murray, that's Murray, it. Simon Murray. Yeah. There we go. We, you know, we, he did good player for us actually. He's always right. he's looked decent against us, and I think he would be the type of guy that would. But he does always look good, but he, but he doesn't score either. He's 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 another needly man. He maybe just needs um, the right service from Dylan Easton and Adam Frizzle, you know, laying him on a plate for him because I. I I think um, the amount of chances Gal misses, like I think you'd have if you're the guy like David Goodwill in there, he wouldn't be missing those chances. Um, but doesn't matter. We've not got him. We've got who we've got. That's what I'm saying. He's probably the the best here's striker a, we've got. Here's a thought for you then, right? It's being at a cup game and you talked about Lions coming in. Do do we see any experimentation? Do we see Gal being left up front? For a wee boost to getting some goals, do we maybe see Gabby McGill getting a rear start? Depends I, I, how far he wants to go, I guess, in the cup. I think financially it could be. So if you think about going Celtic away or Hearts away, if our average home attendance is 700, and even if at Parkhead there was only 18,000 and you're getting about half of that, it, it could make a big difference and it could pay for your striker to... Uh, to so I don't think they'll want to mess about at all on Saturday. I think it'll be the usual lineup. Is it messing about, though, that... That's the thing, isn't it messing about? Because I still think that our best finisher that I have seen this season is McGill. I think some of the goals he's scored, he's looked far more clinical. And I would, I would like to, I would like a Stato to do a goals per minutes on the park or goals per opportunities between McGill and Gal because I think McGill's is fairly decent. No, that's fair enough. I, I just think they won't rush. They won't rush anybody back. Because don't want to suffer another injury, and yeah, teams go quite well. Yeah, I don't think you see wholesale changes. I'd be surprised if he plays lines if there's any doubt about his fitness as well. So I think they would just want to get the job done because it was painful losing to Edinburgh City last year. Probably cost us quite a lot of money going out of the cup. So yeah. yeah, I'm not I'm not bothered about Saturday's game, but I think financially for the club it could be huge. So fingers crossed we can get a win and just draw someone huge out the hat. And take the money, and he, and here's fingers crossed that we actually play with our home strip again. I keep mentioning this, but we've still not played with the the the, the red diamond, the black shorts, and the black socks, which is what we were sold at the start of the season as being our home strip. None of this red shorts, red socks nonsense. Do what it says in the tin. You're gonna get, you know, get any trading standards, Alan? See what's going on. Absolutely, there must be something wrong. Think about all those poor. <laughs> Poor wee kids that bought that strip and they're going, Dad, Dad, when are we going to see the black shorts and the black socks? Because it looks great and I've got it on. No, we come on, we need to get it sorted. Whoever's picking those, whoever's picking those strips, get the right strips on there. Well, we maybe need to reach out to Gordon Thompson see if he can if he can do us a favour as a this, this as is this podcaster. <laughs> this is my this is this year's version of the, the, the full brown sauce. In, in the in the stand, I've not even had a pie this season. Have we still got the crappy brown sauce? Does anybody know? Oh, well, he's, he's shooting from that. Well, I don't, I don't know. 
Let's not go down the route of insulting our pies. Our pies are decent this year. No, it's not the pies. We need we need HP sauce. We don't want this 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 kind of cheap cheap Aldi's version of it. I think it ruins the experience. So you've been bringing your own sashes in in your pocket, Alan. You probably you'd get stopped. You wouldn't be allowed to. That'll be a a controlled (laughs) container or something like that. You wouldn't be allowed that. Would Would you rather, Alan, win the league wearing the red shorts all year, or? Getting the playoffs with the black shorts. I, I'm a, I, I want it all. I want to win the league <laughs> with, with our first team strip on there. And, and, HP, and HP sauce. sauce. Exactly. And HP sauce in my pie, <laughs> dripping, dripping down my front with the grease, you know, the instead of shorts. some cheap substitute. The black shorts will hide it better as well. So it would. Absolutely. Yeah. You're right. <laughs> Gentlemen, thank you very much. A pleasure as always. Uh, fingers crossed for Saturday, and we'll catch up again soon. Cheers, guys. Thank you. No more sorrow.